Pastor Xavier Reese and the only path to salvation. The gospel has been poured out and proclaimed throughout the world since the first apostolic age. The fact that sinners are under God's wrath and they're under sin and that Jesus Christ can forgive them of their sin. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been made brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. When in Christ, you and Gentile. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Life is full of choices and all too often regrets. But there's no sense in living your life worrying about the many opportunities you let pass by, except for one, salvation. Today, Pastor Xavier examines the opportunity Israel had to follow the true Messiah, as well as the ongoing opportunity they have to respond to God's call. It's an opportunity we dare not pass up either on today's Simple Truths. Let's listen. Romans chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 11 through 24. And the message entitled, Israel's Rejection is Not Final. Paul has been showing how it is that Israel fits into the plan of God through the gospel. Memory began in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, first to the Jew, then the Gentile. First in, 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 uh, in priority of time, uh, not of importance of the Jewish people. Chapter 9 deals with the high or the past election of Israel by God's divine sovereignty, choosing Israel for his own purposes, which were both rejected by Israel. So the past election. In chapter 10, it deals with the present rejection of the gospel by Israel, having human responsibility and a free will to respond to God's word. Now in chapter 11, it deals with the future restoration of Israel, for Israel's rejection is not total nor final. For all true Israel will be saved once the fullness of the Gentile comes in. Don't miss Paul's careful emphasis upon the sovereignty of God, while never neglecting human responsibility. Those are always there. The key to these three chapters is in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 9. Listen to it. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. So just because you were born an Israeli doesn't mean you are part of the saved part of Israel. He already talked about in chapter 2, circumcision which is of the physical aspect and that which is circumcision of the heart, right? Simple. Now, at the end of chapter 9, the Gentiles who did not pursue the righteousness of God obtained it, while Israel pursuing the law of righteousness did not obtain it due to the fact that they did not seek it by faith, but they sought it rather by the works of the law. So Christ became a stumbling block to them. He was sent to his own. His own received them not, and they rejected him. And they were expecting a conquering Messiah. The Father gave them a suffering Messiah. It didn't fit in their mind. They had no room for such a Messiah. At the end of chapter 9, verse 30 through 33, Israel rejected God's righteousness 
faith in Christ Jesus, so he became that stumbling block. In chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, Israel ex exalted their own righteousness, the works of the law. In chapter 10, 5 through 13, Israel was exhorted to accept God's righteousness, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel. That's how God does it. And then, chapter 10, 14 through 21, Israel was continually rejecting the preaching of the gospel by faith in Jesus Christ. All day long, he stretched forth his hand. They rejected, rejected. Now we come to the future restoration of Israel, which is marked by the three progressive movements here in chapter 11. The first 10 verses of chapter 11, we have the rejection of Israel. It's not total. It's not total. In 11 through 24, the rejection of Israel is not final. In 25 through 32, the rejection of Israel is temporal. And he just develops it that way. So let me read 11 through 24. I say then, had they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is the riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are of my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what shall be the acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being the wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Now, and they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. And so... Paul clearly says that the rejection of Israel is not final. And he lays it out in three progressive movements here. First, verse 11 to 15, we have the unbelief of Israel resulted in salvation to the Gentiles. In 16 to 18, the salvation of the Gentiles resulted in exalting themselves above the unbelieving Israel. And then 19 through 24, the salvation of the Gentiles resulted in their thinking God was through with Israel. That's a wrong conclusion. So let's begin here. The unbelief of Israel resulted in the salvation of the Gentiles is where he picks up here. Look at verse 11 through 15. In verse 11, the apostle Paul poses the question in view of the rejection of Israel by God. Are they lost altogether? Remember this diatribe. He keeps arguments and making different questions. Listen to his words again. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But 
through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Paul's question, again rhetorical, I say then, have they stumbled in the present that they should fall? The question, again, has an obvious answer. No. And the question, again, is prompted by what has been stated about the blindness of Israel in the previous chapter at the end. God is preaching, trying to reach them through the prophets and all, and they keep rejecting. He sent John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, they kept rejecting. The word then, once again here, it means therefore. I don't know why they translate it. It's a conclusion here. Therefore, conclusion. And the word fall means to fall under judgment, having rejected Jesus for salvation. Goes back to chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He's already declared in chapter 10, verse 16 through 21. They keep rejecting. The answer expresses the absurdity of the question. It's like you sometimes, maybe somebody gives you a question that's so dumb to what you, they know. You say, are you kidding me? It has no place. Perish the thought, God forbid. Certainly not. There is a future for the remnant. He's going to tell them. I don't know how you come up with this, he says. Now notice in 11, Paul tells them that through the fall of national Israel, salvation has come to the Gentile, which in turn will provoke the Jew to jealousy for salvation. You, usually we think of jealousy something negative because I make you, you're jealous that I have something. The jealousy here is positive. Paul wants to provoke them to look at the Gentiles, see how blessed they are, that they would desire the Messiah. You understand? It's in a positive way. The word fall there again is different from the first. It means fall besides, a lapse of, to deviate from truth. And as the unbelieving Jew observed the Gentiles, the joy, the delight of their life being turned around, that Paul was hoping that this, again, God would use to provoke his own Jewish friends and relatives and those of the nation. God was using the rejection of the gospel by national Israel to extend salvation to the Gentiles. He makes this very clear. The preaching of Christ was a stumbling block to the Jew, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.23. They were looking for a conquering Messiah. Now look at verse 12. The Apostle Paul cleared up the misunderstanding of God's economy regarding Israel and the church. Now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? There's the emphasis. How much more their fullness? Paul stated that the fall of national Israel enriched the world of the Gentiles by the richness of the gospel. They had been put aside, and now they were accepting the gospel. The word fall again, like in verse 11, means to fall besides the last or to deviate from truth. And the word failure is a loss regarding salvation. National Israel rejected, so they were put aside. This is a military word identifying diminishing losses of casualties. The majority of Israel had rejected the Messiah, so they were not saved. It was only a few. The first beginning believers were Jewish, but as it moved on, less Jews believed and more Gentiles. So they're having a difficult time. What's going on here? Notice the end of 12. Paul stated that the fullness of the remnant of Israel will enrich the Gentile world in a greater measure as Christ comes back to reign on the earth. The present riches gained by the Gentiles through salvation here and now are only a shadow of the blessings to come. 
The plural pronoun there indicates the remnant of Israel. Don't lose the train of thought here. The contrast between the present rejection and the future restoration of that remnant. And this is the clear distinction between the future restoration of the remnant of Israel in the future from those who were presently believing the provisions of Jesus Christ by faith, Jew and Gentile in the church. If you're Jewish and you're born again, you're part of the church. If you're Gentile and you're born again, you're part of the church. But there's a remnant of Jews in the future after the Lord takes his church home that God is going to bring to the gospel. Notice the blessing to come to the Gentiles are indicated when the future fulfillment of the complete number of Israelites and the remnant are to be saved. Look at the word fullness there. It means fullness to fill to the number to indicate the total number of Gentiles to be saved. You have it in verse 25. When the fullness of the Gentile comes in, the full number of us to be saved. It's the same thing, the full number of the remnant. The quantitative measure will bring about the qualitative blessing of the kingdom age. The wealth of the Gentiles will come to the Jews. Isaiah 60 verse 5 says that. When Jesus returns, he sets up the kingdom. There's going to be a greater blessing as he sets up his kingdom with the remnant of Israel and all of the wealth, everything of the Gentiles is going to come to the Jew. You don't like it? That's tough. It's God's program. <laughs> He'll set up the kingdom, fulfill his promises to Israel that have not been fulfilled. Isaiah 11, the kingdom age. The lamb lays down with the lion. A little kid will play with a poison serpent. All the animals will go back to pre-flood. Yet there still will be sin because people will die. But Jesus will reign on the earth. Israel will be there, occupy the kingdom. You and I, Jew and Gentile, the church of Jesus Christ, we will reign with him. The Gentile nations will serve Israel. Now, look at 13 through 15. The apostle Paul declared his call to the Gentiles, but always being diligent to serve and save the Jew if possible. Verse 13, Paul specified that what he is about to say he addresses to the Gentile Christian. Listen to him. For I speak to you Gentiles, those who had turned to Christ from their justification, those who had made confession of their faith. And Paul qualifies his credentials as the apostle of the Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. He was commissioned shortly after his conversion, as you know, on the road to Damascus in Acts 9. Listen to the words that God gave to Ananias in verse 15 of Acts 9. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles. They come first, apostle of the Gentiles. Then kings, children of Israel, which he was faithful. But first was Gentiles. He opens and closes this letter with his apostleship as to the Gentiles. Chapter 1, verse 1, verse 5. He closes in Romans 15, 16. And you can go to the book of Galatians 2, 9 is one. And there's a lot of them there. He says he didn't receive his gospel from any man, but from the Lord, divinely straight-handed. He taught me for three years in Arabia. Wow. What credentials. Completely. Now, look at the end of 13. Paul indicated his great honor by his commission to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry. Doesn't mean that he was a bragger or that he thought he was a big stud or something. The word magnify refers to the sense of honor for preaching to the Gentiles, though the Jews looked down on the Gentiles. The Jews didn't believe Gentiles could be saved. 
It's funny, now he's dealing with the Gentile Christians who believed the Jews that were blind couldn't be saved. <laughs> we go back and forth. Look at 14. Paul declared his goal. It was to save what? As many Jews as possible. If by any means I may provoke the jealousy, those who are my flesh, that I may save some. In other words, he understood the hardness of their heart. He used to be there. And he saw as time ran that more Gentiles believed the gospel than Jews. But he still had a passion for them. We saw chapter 9. He could wish himself a curse for Christ uh, for their sake, right? Wow. He always attempted to make use of his ministry to the Gentiles as a catalyst in any way, shape, or form to reach the Jew, to provoke them to jealousy that they might be saved. Always. The phrase there, those who are of my flesh, identifies the Jews. He was a Jew. Paul already quoted Moses earlier, prophesying about the Gentiles in chapter 10, verse 19. He also, in verse 11, spoke about the Gentiles and the jealousy that he wanted to provoke the Jews to receiving that blessing. He always went to the Jew first. If you look at the book of Acts, he went to the synagogue first. And when they rejected him, then he went to the Gentile. Always. Now, Look at the beginning of 15. Paul declared that the present rejection of national Israel prompted the opportunity to reconcile the Gentile world. Therefore, the remnant will receive a future blessing. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance, there's the key, be but life from the dead? Those cast away are the unbelieving Jews. These allowed the reconciliation of the world, which are the Gentiles. Because they were put aside, God opened the door for the Gentiles. Notice the acceptance of the remnant. It's into the kingdom. Life from the dead. I can hear Paul in his Jewishness after saying all this. Sheesh, don't you get it? We seem to be people of extremes. The event will be when Jesus descends on the Mount of Olives, as you know. And his foot will touch the Mount of Olives. It will split in two. There will gush forth a river of water from the throne of God there in the Temple Mount. It will go one to the Dead Sea and heal it and one to the Mediterranean Sea. The topography will all change for the Millennial Kingdom. Then God will set up the judgment of the nations, Matthew 25. And then he will set up the kingdom for a thousand years. Zechariah 14 tells us that clearly about the Mount of Olives. Their conversion will bring about a greater blessing to the Gentile. The teaching is from the lesser to the greater. How much more? Lesser to the greater. If the Gentiles are being blessed now, it's going to be much better then. At the present time, God is choosing a bride for himself of the Gentiles with some Jews in it, comprising his church. Listen to Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. And, and the book of Ephesians is in Christ in the heavenlies. Jew and Gentile one. That's the theme, okay? There's no difference. Jew, Gentile, Scythian, barbarian, male, female, bond, free, no difference. Listen to 2, 11 through 13. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. This is Christ, you and me, before saved. Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, stranger from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Wow, what a dark, dark place we were. But here's the miracle. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been made brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
one in Christ, Jew and Gentile one. Ephesians 2, 14 through 16 says, For he himself is our peace, meaning Christ, who has made us both one. Who's both? Jew and Gentile one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, Jew and Gentile, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. There's no more hatred between Jew and Gentile. No more animosity. We realize we're one in Christ. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Through Jesus Christ, both Jew and Gentile have one access to the Father. In the future, God will once again deal with the remnant of Israel in the future. And they will be saved through the gospel. All of Israel? No. The remnant. You remember the first church council in Acts 15? They're trying to put the Gentiles under the Mosaic law. Listen to what James says about what Peter said. Okay? Acts 15, 15 through 17. It says, Simeon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. In this, with this, the words of the prophets agree. Just as it is written, after this, after what? After God chooses a bride for himself, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, Israel, the remnant, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up again so the rest of the mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. So right now, God is choosing a bride for himself, Jew and Gentile, one in Christ Jesus. The remnant is going to be saved in the future. But that doesn't mean all of Israel, only the remnant. Because God knows who's going to believe, who is not. Listen to Jesus, what he told the Jews in Matthew 21, 43. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruit of it. They became useless. So God would give it to another nation, the Gentile nations. There are some Jews that are saved in the age of grace. But for the most part, the majority of people that believe in Jesus Christ are Gentile. Who's the Gentiles? Everybody who's not a Jew. <laughs> Those Jews that are born again call themselves Messianic Jews or completed Jews. The gospel has been poured out and proclaimed throughout the world since the first apostolic age. The fact that sinners are under God's wrath and they're under sin and that Jesus Christ can forgive them of their sin. And when they do, there's a radical transformation. In fact, the book of Acts gives us a great record of what happened the day of Pentecost. Listen carefully. Acts 2, 41 and 42. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. Does that identify you? There are no Lone Ranger Christians if you call yourself a Christian, but you don't go to some church that teaches the Word of God and you're part of that fellowship, you don't understand the church. You are the church. Don't just go to church. Be the church. There must be prayer going on, studying of doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread. That's the community of God's redeemed, ladies and gentlemen. Find one. Pick one. Make sure it teaches the Word of God, then jump in the trenches. 
and ministered the gospel. The unbelief of Israel resulted in the salvation to the Gentiles. Paul lays it out. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of practicing your faith. More simple truths drawn from the book of Romans. And if you'd like a copy of today's study on CD, just ask for Israel's Rejection is Not Final. It's available for only $4. This CD includes the complete message as it was originally delivered. Once again, the title to ask for is Israel's Rejection is Not Final. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 